Chapter 10 Tell me what, Callie demanded. Let's go, James cried, pulling her arm hard with both of his hands. Come on, Callie, you promised. Okay, I'm coming, James, she said sharply. She turned back to Anthony. You're almost finished here? Want to come over for lunch? She blurted out. You can tell me about the house. Anthony raised both hands as if shielding himself. I don't think so, he said, a nervous smile forming on his lips. I mean, are you actually afraid to come to my house? Callie challenged him. He grinned sheepishly. Well, not really. I mean, don't be silly. Come over as soon as you're finished, Callie told him. She tossed her hair back from her shoulders. I can't wait to hear your story, she added lightly. But Anthony's expression turned solemn. I don't think you'll like it, he said softly. I really don't. Cubby! Cubby! James frantically called the dog as he pulled Callie into the next yard. I can't believe you invited him here, Cody exclaimed angrily. Look at me. I've been painting the porch all morning. I'm a total mess. He isn't coming to see you, Callie replied nastily. Why did Cody always have to give her a hard time? Couldn't she forget her jealousy for one minute? Well, Mom and Dad aren't here. They went shopping at the mall. What are you going to make for lunch? Cody demanded. I'll make tuna fish sandwiches, Callie told her. And I think there's some egg salad from yesterday. What difference does it make? I want to hear Anthony's story about this house. Don't you? You're not interested in his story. You're interested in his bod, Cody accused. Silence for a moment. Then they both burst out laughing. They could never stay angry at each other for long. Despite their differences, they were still sisters, twin sisters. Callie reached out and rubbed a smear of white paint off Cody's cheek. You look fine, she told her sister. I'm covered with paint. I'm going to change out of these shorts, Cody said, hurrying toward the front stairs. No luck finding Cubby, huh? No luck, Callie replied sadly. Poor James. He's upstairs, probably crying his eyes out. I told him we'd search again after lunch. Maybe I'll come with you, Cody called from the stairway. I've got to get away from the paint fumes. The front doorbell rang. It's Anthony, Callie exclaimed. Cody disappeared up the stairs. Callie hurried to answer the door. Be careful, wet paint, she warned. Anthony entered the house reluctantly. He had brushed the blades of grass from his hair. He'd obviously washed his hands and face with water from a garden hose. The front of his t-shirt was soaked. As Callie led the way to the kitchen, he peered around the living room. Kinda dark in here, he muttered. You must be hungry after all that mowing. I've got egg salad sandwiches and potato chips, Callie told him. Sounds good. He had his hands shoved into his jeans pockets. He looked so uncomfortable. Maybe we could eat outside? It's such a pretty day. Callie laughed. You really don't want to be in this house, do you? She accused playfully. Anthony's reply was solemn. No, I don't. I really don't. Callie, Cody, and Anthony sat in the shade of a big apple tree in the backyard and ate their lunch. Callie had brought a sandwich up to James, but he insisted he wasn't hungry and slammed the bedroom door in her face. We're cutting down some of these trees, Cody told Anthony. You know, to let in some sunlight. It's so dark back here, Callie said, shaking her head. The sun can't break through. Anthony concentrated on his sandwich. The grass hasn't been cut in ages, he commented. Maybe your dad would like to hire me to mow it. Callie chuckled. You sure you aren't too scared to work here? Tell us the story, Cody insisted, setting her paper plate down beside her on the grass. About the house. It's not a story, it's true, Anthony replied seriously. 
He locked his dark eyes on Callie's. A guy came to our class. He works in the library. He's a town historian. He told us about it. He said, He told you about our house? Cody interrupted shrilly. Anthony nodded. Yeah, 99 Fear Street. What about it? Is it haunted? Cody demanded, glancing at Callie. Callie leaned back against the tree trunk, her arms crossed in front of her. Tell the story, Anthony, she instructed him. I want to see if you can keep a straight face. I'm not putting you on, he insisted. Really, this historian told us the whole thing. I'm not making it up. He shifted his weight, crossing his long legs in front of him. Cody had a plateful of potato chips. She kept shoving them into her mouth, one after the other, eagerly waiting for Anthony's story. There was this guy who lived in Shadyside about a hundred years ago, Anthony began, brushing an ant off his arm. His name was Simon Fear. Is that who the street was named for? Cody asked. Stop interrupting him, Kelly snapped. Yeah, Anthony replied. You know that burned house on the hill across from the cemetery? That was Simon Fear's house. I went by there yesterday, Cody said. I can't believe no one has torn it down. You know, cleared it away. People are afraid to, Anthony said darkly. Simon Fear was a bad dude, a real bad dude, and so was his wife. I forget her name. I think it was Angelica. Anyway, this was all woods back then, and they lived in a big mansion in the woods and did all kinds of horrible things to people. You mean killed them? Kelly asked. There are all kinds of weird stories about them. Some people say they tortured people and even killed them. Yuck, Cody whispered. She set down her plate of potato chips. What do the fears have to do with our house? Callie asked impatiently. Well, this town historian told us that when the workers started digging the foundation on this lot, it was about 30 years ago, he said. They dug up a bunch of old coffins. Coffins? In our yard? Cody exclaimed shrilly. They found all these old coffins with the Fear family crest on the lids. There were bodies inside them. Skeletons, I mean. The police figured that this was some kind of burying place. You know, for victims of Simon Fear and his wife. A secret place where they buried the people they killed. Wow, Cody uttered excitedly. Callie made a disgusted face. Happy Halloween, she said sarcastically, rolling her eyes. I'm not making it up, Anthony insisted. I haven't even told you the really gross part. The gross part? Tell us, Cody urged, grabbing a handful of potato chips. You won't like it, Anthony warned. You sure know how to build suspense, Callie said dryly. She didn't want to let on to Anthony that his story was really frightening her. She wrapped her arms more tightly, protectively, around herself. Well, the town historian told us about the family that built your house more than 30 years ago, Anthony said gazing through the tree at the gray-shingled house bathed in darkness. He raised a Coke can to his lips and took a long drink. Then he continued, his eyes still focused on the house. The guy who had the house built on this lot had a wife and two kids, a son and a daughter. When the workers dug up the old graves, they asked him what they should do. He told them to keep working. He said he didn't care about a bunch of old bones. So the house was finished, Anthony continued, and the guy brought his family to see it. They were going to move in in a few weeks, and he wanted to show it to them. When they arrived, he heard workers finishing up one of the upstairs rooms. He went up to see what they were doing. He told his wife and two kids to wait downstairs. He didn't want them to see the upstairs until it was finished. So they sat on the floor and waited for him. The guy was upstairs for only a few minutes, but when he got back down, he found...
Anthony's voice trailed off. What? Cody demanded impatiently. What did he find? Callie took a deep breath and held it, trying to slow her racing heart. His family was still sitting in the living room. Anthony continued slowly. But they were dead. Their heads. Their heads were missing. What? Callie shrieked. She saw Cody's eyes bulge open wide. Her mouth dropped open, but no sound came out. All their guts were pouring out. Anthony continued, his face half hidden in the deep shade of the old tree. It looked like their heads had been torn off their necks. Where were their heads? Callie demanded in a hushed whisper. Anthony shrugged. The town historian said the heads were gone. They weren't in the house. They were never found. So, what happened? Cody asked, shuddering. What happened then? What happened to the guy? Anthony asked. He shrugged. I don't know. I don't know what happened to him. But the house, the house just sat there. No one ever moved in. No one wanted to move in. The whole town knew the story about what happened to the wife and the two kids, and about the hundred-year-old graves. And so the house stayed empty. No one ever lived here. Until us, Cody declared with a shiver. Callie chewed her bottom lip as she studied Anthony's face. Why are you staring at me like that? He demanded edgily. I keep waiting for you to smile, she told him. I keep waiting for you to break up to tell us it's all a joke. It's no joke, Anthony murmured, his dark eyes glowing as he returned Callie's stare. I knew there was something evil about this house, Cody declared. I knew it from the moment we arrived. All three of them stared at the back of the house. The windows all reflected the dark trees. But I don't believe in ghosts, Callie cried defiantly, as if directing the words to the ghosts themselves. I don't believe in ghosts and evil spirits. I don't either, Anthony replied quietly. But... He stopped short when he heard the screams. They all heard them. James's shrill screams coming from the house. Chapter 11 James, what's wrong? Callie shrieked. She leapt to her feet and frantically started running toward the house. She had a hideous picture in her mind. A picture of James's head being ripped off his body by a dark, ghoulish monster. James, are you alright? James? Cody and Anthony were right behind her. The shrill cries continued. And then James burst out of the kitchen door. The screen door slammed behind him. Where is he? James called. Where is he? Callie watched her brother run desperately around the backyard, peering under trees, under shrubs. James, what are you doing? She cried as she caught up to him. She grabbed his shoulders and forced him to stand still. Where is he? Where is he? James repeated, almost a chant. Where is who? Callie demanded. Cubby, I heard him, James told her, jerking out of her grasp, continuing his wild search. James! I heard him barking, James insisted. I was in the kitchen. I heard Cubby barking. Callie turned to Cody and Anthony. Did you hear a dog? They both shook their heads, their eyes revealing surprise and confusion. We didn't hear any barking, Callie said, following her brother, as he ran to the tall hedge growing wild along the side of their yard. I heard him, James insisted, his voice tight and trembling. I heard Cubby. He began to call the dog, cupping his hands over his mouth as he shouted. You heard him in the kitchen? Cody asked. Maybe he's inside the house. Maybe you only thought he was outside. James hesitated, his eyes narrowing thoughtfully. Come on, inside, Cody urged. Let's check it out. With Cody leading the way, they ran into the kitchen. Callie carefully pulled the screen door shut behind her. What was that racket? She saw Mrs. Nordstrom leaning over the sink and recognized the grinding roar of the garbage disposal. Mrs. Nordstrom, did you hear Cubby barking? Callie shouted. The housekeeper clicked off the disposal and turned off the water. She turned to Callie. What did you say? 
Callie didn't need to repeat the question. She heard the high-pitched yips of the dog, Cubby. Hear it? James demanded eagerly. Everyone heard it. Someone go out and bring that dog in, Mrs. Nordstrom said. She waddled out of the room. It's definitely coming from outside, Anthony said, listening hard. The little dog sounded excited, frightened. James burst back out through the kitchen door. Everyone followed. Cubby! Cubby! he called eagerly. Callie lingered on the back steps. She couldn't hear Cubby's excited yips anymore. They all stopped to listen. Silence. James's shrill voice was the only sound as he shouted the dog's name again and again. I can't hear him, Cody declared. He must be in the house, Anthony suggested. He started back toward the kitchen. Callie and Cody followed him. James remained in the backyard, scurrying frantically back and forth, shouting Cubby's name. Back in the kitchen, they could hear the little dog's high-pitched barking clearly. It really sounds like he's coming from the backyard, Callie said fretfully. But we don't hear it out there, Anthony replied, shaking his head. Let's search the house, Cody suggested. She pulled open the broom closet. Cubby, are you in here? No sign of him. The excited yips continued, mixed with short howls. Callie pushed the screen door open and stuck her head out. The sound disappeared. James was still searching desperately at the side of the garage. Cody and Anthony were in the dining room, bending low to peek under the table and sideboard. I can hear him, Cody said, wrinkling her face in frustration, but I can't see him. Cubby, here, boy. Cubby, Anthony called. He glanced at his watch. Oh, wow, I'm late. I've got another lawn to mow. Callie walked into the front door. Want to go to a movie or something next Saturday night? He asked as they stepped onto the porch. Callie was concentrating so hard in the dog's barking, it took her a moment to respond. Great, she replied finally. Come pick me up, okay? She watched him disappear down the driveway. Then she returned to the kitchen, where she found Cody leaning wearily against the counter, her arms crossed over her chest. The barking stopped, Cody reported. Callie could hear James crying in the backyard. Where is he? Where is Cubby? James threw himself down on the grass and started to wail and sob. This is so weird, Callie said fretfully. Where is that dumb dog? She and Cody heard the car crunching up the gravel drive at the same time. Good, it's mom and dad, Cody said, hurrying past Callie to the door. I have to tell them Anthony's story about this house. No, wait, Callie grabbed Cody's arm. Stop, please don't tell them, Callie urged. James's unhappy wails rose up from the backyard. Cody's eyes opened wide in surprise. Huh? What do you mean? They're already so upset about everything, Callie said hurriedly, her eyes on the door. And now they have to deal with James. But they have to know, Cody started. Callie shook her head. Wait a while. Poor Dad. He's been so nervous and strange, totally freaked by everything. I think we should give him a break and not trouble him. Cody glared at her sister. You still don't believe the house is haunted, do you? She said accusingly. You still don't believe there's something evil. I don't know what I believe, Callie told her. But I do know we shouldn't upset Dad anymore. She stopped talking when she saw her parents walking toward the house, their arms filled with packages. She and Cody rushed out to help them. What's wrong with James? Mrs. Fraser demanded, handing her packages to Callie. Why is he crying? We still can't find Cubby, Cody explained, glancing at Callie. We can hear him barking, but we can't find him. Huh? Behind his glasses, Mr. Fraser's eyes went wide with surprise. I don't understand. We don't either, Cody replied, sighing. We don't either. Late the next night, Callie finished writing in her diary. 
Yawning, she closed her diary and replaced it in her desk drawer. Usually, writing in the diary helped her relax and get her ready to go to sleep. But that night, because she had written about the search for James's puppy and about Anthony and his strange, frightening story, Callie felt far from relaxed. As she lay in bed, staring up at the ceiling, she tried to force all unpleasant thoughts from her mind. She tried to think only about Anthony, about how cute he was, how he seemed to be such a great guy. But she couldn't concentrate. Her mind kept leaping to other matters, to the troubling things that had been happening to her family since moving to 99 Fear Street. Were Cody and Anthony right? Was there some sort of evil curse on the house? Was it really haunted? Callie didn't want to believe it. Feeling tense and jittery, she sat up. An idea flashed into her mind. She stared across the dark room at the closed bedroom door. Every night, someone, or something, had knocked on the door. The same soft, frightening taps, every night. And every night, Callie had crept to the door, pulled it open, and found no one there. Tonight, I'll be ready, she decided, tiptoeing to the door. Tonight, I'm going to solve the mystery. I'm wide awake anyway, she told herself. There's no point in just lying in bed thinking scary thoughts. She wheeled her desk chair over to the door and lowered herself into it. Perched tensely in the chair, she stared at the door and waited. When the knocking starts, I'll be ready, she told herself, nervously tapping the padded arms of the chair. As soon as I hear the first knock, I'll pull the door open instantly. And what will I find? she asked herself. A ghost? An evil creature? An invisible spirit? Nothing but air? What will I find? She heard creaking sounds, the banging of a shutter, the soft flap of the curtains at her bedroom window, the usual sounds of the house at night. Tapping her fingers on the chair arm, she waited, listening to the night house sounds, listening to the rush of wind through the trees outside, listening to her own shallow breathing. She didn't have long to wait. Tap, tap, tap. The gentle knocking on the other side of the door, just inches from her. Tap, tap, tap. Callie sucked in a deep breath and rose to her feet. Then she jerked the door open and stared out. You! she shrieked. Chapter 12 The ghostly figure tried to move away. Her long white nightdress sweeping over the floor as she turned to run. But Callie grabbed her arm and held on. Cody! she screamed. It's you! Let go! Cody demanded. But Callie tightened her grip and pulled her sister into the bedroom. Why, Cody? she cried. Why have you been doing this to me? You wouldn't believe me, Cody replied, breaking free of Callie's grasp. Her long nightdress caught, and she stumbled over the desk chair by the doorway. With a low cry of surprise, she caught her balance on the doorframe. You wouldn't believe, she repeated, her green eyes burning into Callie's. I had to make you believe. Believe what? Callie demanded shrilly. Believe that there's something evil in this house, Cody shot back in a hushed, angry whisper. You laughed at me. You said I was a jerk. But I know I'm right, Callie. All the horrible accidents. Dad and the knife... My ladder falling over. They weren't accidents. I knew there's something haunting this house. Something evil. Callie rolled her eyes and let out an angry groan. So, you tapped on my door every night to make me think you were a ghost. That makes a lot of sense, Cody. I thought it would convince you, Cody replied, lowering her eyes. She nervously tossed her hair back with one hand. I was desperate. I wanted you to believe. I wanted you to be on my side. So, I... I haunted you. Callie shook her head. I don't believe it. My own sister, she muttered. And did you pull all of my clothes out of the closet, too? Cody nodded. Yeah, and I smeared the red paint all over the porch and painted it the number 99, she confessed. You what? Callie shrieked in disbelief. 
I figured it was no big deal. I knew we had to paint a top coat on the porch anyway, Cody explained with a shrug. I was desperate, Callie. Don't you understand? I was desperate to get you on my side. A little red paint didn't matter. Didn't matter, Callie cried furiously. Didn't matter? You nearly gave Dad a heart attack. Don't exaggerate, Cody cried. I'm not exaggerating, Callie replied heatedly. Did you see how stressed out Dad was tonight because of James and the puppy? Did you see how worried he looked? Know what? I heard him talking to himself tonight. Huh? Cody's face revealed her surprise. In the den, Callie continued, starting to pace back and forth in front of her sister. He didn't know I was there. He was talking to himself, Cody, muttering about Cubby and about the house. It, it was really scary. Poor Dad, Cody murmured, shaking her head. She dropped down onto Callie's bed. Stop pacing like that, please, she begged. I can't believe you tried to frighten me, Callie said, ignoring the plea. Why didn't you just come in and talk to me? Talk to you? Cody let out a bitter laugh. Every time I started talking about the evil in this house, you just made fun of me. There is no way I could talk to you. Callie glared furiously at her sister. But trying to make me believe that a ghost... There is a ghost, Cody insisted, jumping up from the bed and grabbing Callie by both shoulders. You've got to believe me. There is something horrible in this house. You heard Anthony's story. You heard what he said. Callie sighed. Yes, I heard it, she replied wearily. But you know how stories get handed down. You know how people try to make them more frightening than they are. Callie gently removed her sister's hands from her shoulders. So far, Cody, the only ghost I've seen in this house is you. Cody let out an angry cry. I explained to you. I'll make you a deal, Callie said suddenly, feeling very tired. Deal? What kind of deal? Cody asked suspiciously. I won't tell Mom and Dad what you've been doing, Callie offered. I won't tell them that you were the one who painted the porch if... If what, Cody interrupted. If you just drop this ghost stuff for a little while, Callie continued. Just give it a rest, for a week. Let things settle down, that's all. Cody frowned and avoided Callie's hard stare. Can you do it? Callie asked. Can you? Do I have a choice? Her sister replied grudgingly. But then she added, Okay, Callie, I'll try. Half an hour later, Callie still couldn't fall asleep. She glanced at her clock radio, nearly one thirty. I'm going to look like death for my first day at work, she thought miserably. She sat up and lowered her feet to the floor. If only I could turn my mind off, she thought. If only I could stop thinking about Cody and her ghosts. If only I could stop thinking about those poor people 30 years ago, sitting in my living room, sitting right downstairs, with their heads ripped off. If only I could turn it all off and get to sleep. She rubbed her cheeks. They were burning. So hot, she thought. I'm so hot. She stood up and made her way through the darkness, out into the hall. The bathroom was two doors down. Tiptoeing over the creaky floorboards, she made her way to the bathroom and clicked on the light. I'll splash a little cold water on my face, she told herself. Then I'll feel cooler, better. I'll be able to sleep. Yawning, she turned on the tap. Closing her eyes, she cupped both hands under the faucet, then splashed the liquid onto her face. It took a few seconds for the putrid smell to reach her nostrils. And then, staring into the gurgling sink, Callie opened her mouth and gagged. Chapter 13 Chunky, green liquid, as sour-smelling as vomit, poured out of the faucet, plopping into the sink. It ran down Callie's cheeks, dripped onto her neck, then onto the front of her nightshirt. Uttering a low wail of horror, she tried to wipe it off both hands, but her hands were also covered in the disgusting thick goo. She stared as the green chunks plopped into the sink. Oh, Callie groaned. The smell was overpowering. Her stomach lurched. She bent over and began to vomit. Callie? Are you sick? Callie? Cody burst into the bathroom. She let out a groan as the putrid odor invaded her nostrils. 
Oh, Callie moaned and retched again. Her hair fell over her face, and she realized she had smeared the green liquid into it. What is that stuff? Cody cried, holding her nose. She froze for a moment, staring at the thick green liquid plopping down from the faucet. Then she reached out with her free hand and turned the faucet off, but the liquid kept pouring down. It, it won't stop, Cody screamed. The sink was full. The green liquid slopped over the sides of the sink and dripped to the floor. Cody cried out and leapt back as she felt it drip onto her bare feet. Cody struggled to turn off the faucet, but the knob was stuck, and the chunky green liquid kept flowing out. What's going on? Mr. Fraser's sleep-filled voice called from the hallway. Callie heard his heavy footsteps over the creaking floorboards. Daddy, help us! Her stomach still churning, she grabbed a bath towel off the rack and struggled frantically to wipe the sticky substance off her face. Oh, good lord, Mr. Fraser cried, appearing in the bathroom doorway. He didn't have his glasses, so he squinted at the gurgling substance overflowing the sink. Ah! His face twisted in disgust as he inhaled the foul aroma. Holding his nose, he glanced from Callie to Cody. Then he stepped into the bathroom and reached for the knob on the sink. It, it won't turn off, Callie said, gagging. Before Mr. Fraser could reply, James's shrill cries burst into the room. I hear him! I hear him! Callie tossed the towel down. James appeared in the doorway. His red and white pajamas were twisted so that his pale stomach showed. Do you hear him? He demanded, tugging at Mr. Fraser's pajama sleeve. Do you hear Cubby? Huh? Mr. Fraser let go of the faucet and turned to James. The green liquid continued to pour out, spattering the floor as it overflowed. Over the steady gurgle, Callie heard soft barking as if from far away. I hear it, she cried. Oh, what's that smell? James demanded. The barking grew louder, high-pitched, frantic wails. I hear it too, Cody whispered. Where is he? James cried. Where is Cubby? He sounds so far away, Mr. Fraser said, listening hard, his eyes narrowing. He's downstairs, James shouted excitedly. I know he is. He turned and ran to the stairway. Callie could hear him calling the puppy's name all the way down the stairs. She started to follow James, but her feet slipped and she grabbed the side of the sink to keep from falling. Oh. Her feet were covered in a slimy, warm goo, and now it gurgled over her hands as she grabbed the sink. Stop it. Daddy, please stop it, Callie pleaded miserably. It's, it's all over me. I'm trying to, Mr. Fraser replied, twisting a knob and finally shutting it off. Where's Mom? Cody asked. I, I have to get changed, Callie cried. She stepped around Cody into the hall in time to see her mother emerge from her bedroom. Mom! Callie shrieked. Oh, help me, Mrs. Fraser murmured, staggering toward Callie, her arms stretched out in front of her. Help! Her hair, her face, her nightgown were all soaked with bright red blood.